Welcome to our podcast, where we discuss and meet with people, businesses, and trades that have motivated and inspired us along the way of creating our own business, River Road Brewing and Hops. I'm your host, Nikki Andrew, the original River Road Blonde, and this is Down River Road. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Down River Road. Thanks for joining me again. I'm here with a very good friend of mine, Pete Meats. How's it going, buddy? Good. How are you doing? I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. Um, Pete's joining me today and we're going to talk all about Pete. This is going to be an all about Pete podcast. Set the record straight. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody listen. It's going to be a good episode. Um, first of all, obviously, every episode we start off with um, one of our beers. Now, Pete's not a big beer drinker anymore are you gonna sacrifice anymore yeah, yeah. <laughs> he did enjoy it oh did he this is uh called red's maple it's a red ale with maple syrup it's very canadian just like you pete canadiana canadiana so pete and i met well i don't know do you even remember probably not um i think it was admiral it was the admiral you were bartending david and i had just hooked up and uh you were bartending and like literally i laughed the entire night and that was when i was like i need to know this guy he's hilarious and on it i used to compare you to um jimmy fallon does that wow i know some those are some funny boots i know right yeah i was like that he just reminds me of jimmy fallon for some reason i don't know why there's just something about you that's jimmy fallon-ish to me anyway um so i'll take take it you'll take it it's a compliment it's a good compliment that's he's a hilarious guy um i just kind of wanted like there's a whole bunch of stuff that you do like so many things so pete was when we met you were a bartender at the admiral and then you were a bartender at the albion at the albion yeah yeah Yeah. and then at the black dog correct yeah but i don't know if there's anything in between there nope nope um and probably one of the best bartenders i know honestly wow yeah this compliments all around yeah yeah i I love this show (laughs) yeah this is the best show ever um but that's not like you that that was like eons ago for sure it feels like anyway we're getting old um one of the biggest things that i think is really cool is you're a marathon runner but a bit of a runner yeah (laughs) i i did i did running i did this i did this small thing and i ran yeah well you know what that's the funny thing about running though is like no matter how much you run or how fast you run, someone runs further and faster. Yeah, but that's not the point. No, it, it, but it's running is probably the most humbling thing in the world. Yeah, for sure. That's um, what I love about it. But it's inspiring how um, how what you're doing with your running, which is which to me is the most important thing. So yeah, you're running, and that's fantastic, and it's good for your body and your soul and your heart. Um, but you're running with with purpose and reason as well. And last year you did um, this really cool thing with uh, what was it called again? The county, the county run or the yeah, the county, county cleanup. The county cleanup. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So um, I think when the whole pandemic sort of was wrapping ar- around and closing in on everyone, um, we were in Arizona. So um, right, my wife that. was running. Um, antelope canyon race so it's around the rim of the 
Grand Canyon. So she, it was a 50 miler. Um, and just a small run. Yeah. Just yeah, a, no big deal. Just out for a jaunt. Yeah. Um, but she, she was also, um, we, we sort of rolled down right before March break. So the race was on the 14th and you know, the pandemic was real. It was, um, it, I think we were all just starting to get the sense of it at yeah. that point in time. Yeah. And so we were like, do we go, do we not go? And we're like, well, you know, they would have canceled the race by now if, yeah. if it was something that, uh, so we, we left on the Tuesday. Um, the race was on the Saturday by the Thursday, my daughter called me and she was like, yeah, um, she goes to Guelph, uh, university of Guelph. And she was like, yeah, classes are done for the year. They sent us home for the rest of the year, which in my mind, I was thinking, isn't that big of a deal because we're heading into the middle of March. Yeah. They would be out for, um, exams the second week of April anyways. So yeah, I was absolutely. like, you know what, this might just be precautionary. Then the kids, they announced that the kids would not be going back for two weeks after March break. And I was like, still in my head, I was like, that's interesting. You Wait know, a second. Yeah. That's yeah. going to be a lot of time yeah. hanging out with kids. But, um, I wasn't thinking big picture. And then I'm, I'm just sort of watching all of this unfold and trying to keep it away from Heidi, who's about to run a 50 mile yeah, the next day. And keep, I'm like, this is bad. Keep your mind straight. Yeah. yeah and I had sure. already sort of made the arrangements that like we were, as soon as they were done, they could nap for a bit, sort of sleep off what they could of a 50 mile run. And then because it's it takes a lot like a lot out of you absolutely like a lot for sure yeah um and then i was planning like just to haul ass to the to, uh border to get home yeah yeah so our our neighbor who lives right across the street from us nancy she had flown into vegas and oh, met geez. us at the airbnb oh that's fun yeah for a moment well that's exactly <laughs> yes. it but i'm she had planned on going to sedona and doing all these things right so I was like, in my head, I'm like, those things are not happening. But again, I'll, she was racing as well. So I was like, we'll talk about this after the race. And then the next morning after the race, her hotel was canceled. Her flight was canceled. All of these oh, things. Oh, man. Yeah. So she hopped in the car or we drove her rental car to just outside of Denver, dropped it off. She hopped in with us and then we hightailed it home. Like, yeah. So at that point, um, all of the training that I'd done was based on races that were to be in a month and month and a half. Right? right. So with that amount of fitness built and banked, um, I didn't really have anywhere to go. So I took on this challenge, which was, um, great virtual race across Tennessee. So it's a thousand and twenty, um, kilometers and it, just a little, just a little hop, skip, and a jump. Absolutely. Nothing big. Um, but it opened up on May 1st, and you had to be done by Labor Day. Right. So I tore into it and um, finished in five weeks. Which is amazing. Yeah, it was, you know what, for me, it was like, it was therapeutic, because there's so much uncertainty. I was just like, I just need to run. So yeah. um, that's what I did. And as I was running, like, to break up the monotony of running the route that I usually um, sort of run. Um, I had been just sort of deviating and checking out different areas. And, um, as I, as I did that, I was like, wow, you know, Huron County is so massive, so beautiful. 
Um, but the one thing I did notice was that there was trash and debris on off to the sides of the roads. So in my head, I was like, you know what would be amazing yeah. is if I ran every road and cleaned cleaned as I went. So then I got together with a few friends and I was like, do you think that's possible? Like, how are we going to do this? So we mapped it out, After- figured it, it was about 3,000 kilometers. After they decided you weren't crazy. Yeah. Well, no, they, they're all just yeah. sort of, no, I know. Yeah. you know, the, the running mentality too, which is just a bit off. Um, <laughs> and yeah, we, we just sort of were like, yes, it's doable. Um, how to, how to, you know, sort of take a chunk out of this Plan and, it out. Yeah. and um, there's, there's just no real way you just jump into it. So that's what I did. And um, as that happened um sponsors just came on board um i linked up with the boys um at runner's choice in waterloo who are amazing Mm -hmm. um they helped out with uh the shoe cost i was going through a pair of shoes every um three and a half four weeks so that got costly that built up and it's so important to have the right shoes on your feet and um yeah not worn out yeah um so there was so many people that jumped on board, um, but these small businesses in our community, which were sort of under duress themselves, yeah, um, jumped in and they were like, we'll sponsor a week's worth of cleaning. And that's how it sort of went. And so we were able to, um, you know, take this on, um, collect all the the garbage and sort of um, separate the stuff um, that was recyclable and then send away the stuff that was not actually recyclable in our municipality, which is a big part of this. As you and I have talked about this a million times. It's a big issue. So, um, recycling is a business. Um, our sort of know-how about recycling in our area is what they take. It's not what they don't take. Yeah. So because they're, um, you know, sort of a business it's in in the sense um that they are taking stuff in and rifling it and selling it off to um areas where they they can market it right? yeah absolutely um you're no longer they're no longer telling you what they don't take they're just giving you a list of stuff you're just they now take it take. yeah um so there's a big misconception that if your stuff goes into the uh recycling it's getting recycled and that's just not the case no yeah, we've had a number of discussions about this. And um, unfortunately, I don't think people realize everything that's going on at those sites. It's not For sure. not that there's anything wrong. I get what they're trying to do. And there's Absolutely. a whole bunch of um, there's a whole bunch of people trying to do the right thing there. But there is a lot. And I would say, what do you think, like percentage wise, like 50 percent? It's 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 crazy. the I amount. Mean, but that's that's the whole thing is like if these people weren't doing this, we would be recycling oh, nothing. Yeah, and, we would. And it that, would all be going to a landfill and that would be absolutely. horrible. Yeah, absolutely. It needs to happen. I just wish that people were a little bit more attentive to what can actually be recycled. And, For sure. And yeah. this is that was part of the process, you know, learning about what is recyclable, yeah. what is not, what is recycled goods that is no longer recyclable yeah so that's a big thing that it has the recycling logo on and it's been recycled well it's no longer recyclable yeah and i think that's a misconception absolutely yeah people say well it's got that symbol on the bottom of it and a lot of people and unfortunately the older generation don't even know 
They're like, they see the symbol because at some point in their life, they were taught that that symbol means it's recyclable or has been recycled. For sure. And that they just think it's, yeah. And I mean, the fact that certain things are recyclable in really sophisticated um, recycling plants, yep. which we are not a part of. Nope. Like, and I think that is the big misconception too, and is that if something is recyclable, the likelihood of our you know any of the canadian rural areas having the equipment to do to that actually recycle is... them is pretty slim absolutely and i think that's uh, not that it's they're recyclable but that's why we we researched and researched and researched our green shift cups that we use at the brewery sure. um they're a compostable biodegradable um cup but it's one of the only companies out there that will offer that you can actually just throw out and it will compost on its own. Most um, compostable cups or biodegradable cups are actually, they have to go to a facility yeah. and we just don't have the means to take it to a facility around here. We just don't have that ability. If you live in the city, there's a lot more accessibility to those facilities, but for not, sure. not in rural, not in rural places. For... Yeah. And a budget for shipment and stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So that's pretty amazing. And I don't think people realize <laughs> what you've accomplished there like that's huge well you know it's it's amazing that i was able to um a take the time because um i was fortunate enough to be able to really um dive into the time that was given to us um whether i liked it or not i yeah. was able to do that but i think you know one of the it was like this it was a it was a heavy physical toll but it was actually like I think I've talked to you about this. Like, yeah. it was such towards the end of um, September. You know, the number of kilometers I needed to complete were winding down, and mentally, I was just exhausted. Mm -hmm. I would just have like these super dark moments where I'd be um, driving to Godrich yeah. or or anywhere, and I'd be driving down a road that I had cleaned and seeing debris off to the side and it was so defeating yeah it was my body was just like ready to break down yeah and um yeah it was just like i stopped for um a month and a half and just went Regrouped. out and ran yeah and like absolutely nothing to it but just to sort of uh ease my mind and yeah. get back to the thing that i loved and that's the thing running. is it's uh running is really mental like it's for, it's sure. for your mental benefit yeah. more than anything else and physically it's amazing but for your mental benefit i know if you go to a psychiatrist or psychologist and you say i'm suffering from depression i'm having um any sort of mental breakdown or anything like that they're gonna say are you walking every day for are you sure. going out for a run because yeah. those are that that ability to kind of ease your mind a little bit is so sure. predominant when you're running um, i miss it i am just we've talked about it i'm gonna yeah be looking into getting back at it now that my back's kind of fully healed or Absolutely. what I think is fully healed. We'll find out when I start running again. Yeah. But um, that for me mentally is my release. Yeah. That's how I get over a rough day or um, a rough week or even just feeling like I can regroup and deal with my children. Like that's for sure. It's so huge. I mean, that is my connection to, um, you know, connecting my body and mind and only sinking the two of those things for an hour and a half to two hours a day. Yeah. Going for long runs, really stretching it out. And um, towards the end of my run, you know, realizing that you're almost back to the car or mm -hmm. your run's almost completed and it's literally the last 10 minute, 
minutes of my run is usually just dialing in my day and planning it and sorting it and then just executing. Yeah, which is perfect. That's Absolutely. what everybody needs to be doing yeah. is just having that little time to um, mentally prepare themselves and for sure not in a stressful way. Absolutely. That's so important. So from kind of just talking around along the lines of COVID, um, you're also very much in the music industry. Absolutely. Like hugely in the music industry. Um, and it really had a, a hit this. Yeah, I mean, you know, music is arguably the only industry that was never, ever allowed to resume after um, March 2020. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we've all seen, you know, the live streams. It's not the same. It doesn't, I don't, I don't think um, artists are particularly no. fond of that sort of um non-connection no when, and it's when a, doing it it's a bit of a for them it's a bit of a well, i assume i'm not an artist but for them i imagine it's a bit of an adrenaline situation where you're up there you're in front of a crowd or you're you're doing your you're recording your album for sure all the adrenaline that happens in that you become that you could become a little dependent on that and sure. to not have that i can't even imagine yeah i think for me like watching um some some Canadians or Canada's brightest um, talent um, just sort of, you know, being a holding pattern. Um, and honestly, watching some of Canada's best talent leave the industry mm-hmm. because they have to assume jobs yeah, on is... some level because there is no help. Like, I mean, you know, there's government where the CERB was... I think nine hundred dollars every every two weeks. I don't know. Yeah. That wouldn't even cover your rent in Toronto. Like I can't even imagine the um, the weight and the gravity of that situation for an artist. Um, and a lot of these artists have to live in Toronto. They have to live where absolutely. they can be close to recording studios or and not um, a lot of venues. them would be moving during a pandemic no. anyway. So <laughs> it's it's that you know I think we've we've probably seen the end of some artists and I hope we see the rise of a few that we're just coming out um, of the woodworks. Absolutely. And that have sort of a voice and some ideas um, that have come out of all of this, but I I can definitely say it's definitely hit the industry super hard. I, all of the shows that I had um, booked were moved several times. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, I mean, it, it just got to the point where even when things would open up and people would be like, hey, do you want to book? And I'd be like, not hypothetically. No. Like at this point, I'd just... Because you can't and you can't. It was so unpredictable as to what... Like we tried to... We, well, we have worked together a few yeah. times, but um, we tried to get things organized and then it was just like, nope, forget it. Nope, yeah. forget it. Like Absolutely. It's... There, there was so many layers to it and mm-hmm. um, complexities just based on a simple show and how how easy it could be, but just isn't. Um, so a lot of people don't realize you were um, you were the co-founder of Meads Entertainment yeah, and the founder or the, um, I don't know what you want to call yourself, of the Bayfield Concert Series. Yeah. T- talk a little bit, like how did that come about? What what was the drive to start the Bayfield Concert Series or Meads Entertainment? What was, how did that all start? You know, the I think the um, sort of rise of the, concert style 
um, for what I was doing was definitely dead, or it was it was definitely due to Ted and Kathleen. Uh, yeah, Macintosh. Lovely, at, lovely people. If you've never met them at the Black Dog, so when they encouraged me to book whatever I wanted at the Black Dog, and we sort of developed a music a music program that was, um, you know. It was super eclectic. Like there was so much going on. I mean, we had hip hop. We had like <laughs> it, it was just insane. Like yeah. we would our, our New Year's party would be the salads with Chocolair. You know yeah. what I mean? Like just, just totally different, random, weird in the weirdest yeah. small town. Like why? Yeah. But it worked, and you know they were super supportive in the way that they were like, just sort of roll out and do what you have to do your thing. So, um, you know we. We had a lot of music going on every single week, um, but there was it wasn't a listening room. So I think we, the first time I, I had sort of a we we had M Griner roll in, and she brought a young unknown opener um, with her, and it was Royal Wood. Oh wow, yeah. And I mean, it was absolutely phenomenal. Mm-hmm. People were blown away. They were so quiet for him, and they, you know. It, it was just, I realized at that moment that there needed to be a shift in sort of just a room that we could do something that was specifically for the singer-songwriter yeah, um, and that worked in the capacity that respects people listening and not just background music. Yeah, like it's not, you're not sitting in a bar atmosphere, you're actually Absolutely. sitting in you're a... You're paying a ticketed yeah. price, you're going with yeah. purpose. Um, so that became the Bayfield concert series. So Ted and Kathleen absolutely supported that mm-hmm. and really pushed that to um, to happen, you know, and it was amazing for the business too, because we would have, we would fill up the black dog with people mm-hmm. um, that were going to the show. Yeah. Which and is... then we would fill up with people in between while people were at the show and then everyone from the show will go back to the black dog yeah, afterwards definitely so, beneficial and it didn't the benefits never stopped for them for sure not well and i think for us it was like there there was such an amazing vibe and it's like probably a time and place never to be repeated again it, it almost feels like but um just because it was so special like you know the black dog would be It'd be a Thursday night. There'd be only thing open. Mm-hmm. It'd be twelve o'clock, and the artist is back there hanging out with yeah. all of the people. That it was just, it was super special, and I think that really got my um, sights sort of set on that style. And um, then it created opportunities to do talent buying for wineries and um, for theaters and um, all of those things, which I absolutely love doing as well. Yeah. Yeah, and you can see it, and that's the thing is it shows in what you do, um, and and how the artists respect you because like we've had we so Pete also um, helps out at the brewery quite well. <laughs> you work there, <laughs> but we work together a lot for the for the concert. Absolutely. Um, and they like just listening to what you say, and the artists are calling you, and you know you're dealing with their with their producers and their managers and all that fun stuff. But they the respect that you see that they give you is there's a reason for that it didn't just happen well the the funny thing is um i think the music industry is all about relationships and i i've said this before like ted is one of those people that uh, Mm -hmm. had taught me very early on that you know success is based on many things but the root of it all is relationships yeah oh yeah and 
Um, I think he taught us all of that. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I think I was able to move forward in um, the industry with that respect yeah. and the relationships that I had early on are still artists that I work with very closely to this day and that I always think of first off when someone's looking for talent. Yeah, it's it's huge. And I think you're very good at um, creating or knowing what's going to work where. And that's like for us, for example, um, at the brewery, everything's outside and uh, we haven't, you know, you, you're like, this is, this is who I think is going to work. It's not just throwing names out of any, anywhere. You're like, this is how, and to know all that information for sure, and to hold on to that information and hold on to those relationships just kind of shows what kind of a person you are. Well, I think it, it speaks volumes for um, the artists as well, because mm-hmm. like you and I talked about this, I'm like, the artists that we have booked um, for this summer are people that I constantly work with because it's enjoyable. Yeah. It's not a business. It's completely pleasurable, yeah. but it happens to be a business. Yeah, absolutely. And it should that's, be. You know, that speaks volumes about the artists um, and yeah. just their absolutely grounded nature. And yeah, and um, I think there's a bit of, again, there's a bit of a misconception, I think, with, um, you know, when you're when you're dealing with Juno award-winning artists, people that are a little bit higher up there, um, in my mind, before meeting you, I was like, oh, well, they must think they're hoity-toity and whatever, but they're not. They're super down-to-earth people. And um, from what I've heard or dealt with, or even we've I've done a few things at the town hall and met some musicians that way and artists, they're completely down-to-earth people that are just... Hanging well, out, think, doing their thing. I think that's part of being Canadian. Like that's the the greatest yeah. thing about Canadian music is your favorite artist is probably doing laundry out of the laundromat yeah. beside you. Right? Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> that's the reality yeah. of it. It's we're not highly populated. Um, there's a lot. There's a, there's a big middle area. Yeah. Um, in terms of uh, you know career and benchmarks, like there's only. And, you know, I think there's a lot of pluses from the um, pandemic. And one being that, you know, people really have been starved for music. So mm-hmm. the I hope moving forward that there will not be that place of taking things for granted, yeah. as, especially music. And there's sort of that era of, um, you know, I, I I can I can catch this show next time yeah, or, or that's whatever. Gone away. Right? It, it is. It's and, gone away. Yeah. You know, like because we're not highly populated, you have marquee artists in Canada that are battling nightly in the five major cities. Yeah. So it's it's tough to be um, a Canadian artist, I think. But I think the grit and the sort of struggle comes out in the music and that's why the we're determination yeah that's why we're superior songwriters I, I, I do i agree with you it's the stuff that comes out of canada on ontario canada wherever in canada yeah. uh is pretty remarkable and i think it's that extra fight that they have to do absolutely makes it that much better and the, the payoff yeah the payoff is so um minuscule um, you have to love what you're doing. You have to be fully behind it and believe that the success will come or 
just not care about it because yeah, you're think, doing what you love. I think a lot of it's just not caring about it because you Absolutely. know that this is what you want to be doing and it's not, um, you're not in it for the money, you're in it for, for the actual experience, which, is, sure. which is amazing because I don't think that there's a lot of, um, you know, you talk to, well, I don't talk to you, you might talk to <laughs> some of the artists that are, you know, in the, in the US that are, they're being signed by, then they're basically having their music wrote for them and they're sure. they're singing what they're told to sing. Like, I don't even know how. Well, I mean, that's, it's a form of business in the industry too, right? Like, mm -hmm. I mean, just to be able to be that populated where you have an avenue to mm -hmm. do that. I don't think, I think Canadians are a little, they have sort of a, a bit more grit when it comes to taste. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that that, that also shines through Which is in, in the music. I love it. So the Bayfield concert series is a, is a go. It's happening again. Yeah. You're excited about that. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Get um, to see people. Again. I know. Yeah. <laughs> people? What? And that's the that's the greatest part is like sharing a music experience with someone. Oh, it's is huge. like yeah. I we mean, talked... be, you can meet people and at a concert and be friends forever. Which is amazing. Yeah. And it's not even just that like um I think I went to my first concert when I was Oh, about Michaela's it? age, it was Bare Naked Ladies. No way, yeah. yeah, it was. That was my first. Ah, uh, no, that's wrong. I went and saw the Yes. That was my first concert. It was with my dad. But um, then we went and saw the Bare Naked Ladies. Um, and then ZZ Top and stuff like I. I yeah. was raised on ZZ Top and those type of artists, Eric Clapton and anyway, doesn't matter. Pink Floyd, <laughs> the legends, the legends. Uh, yeah. But and it was funny to me, and I never really occurred to me until uh, this year. We had taken Michaela to a Good Lovely's concert at the town hall. And that was, and I didn't even think about it. And I don't know why I didn't think about it. That was her first concert. Amazing. And now she's like obsessed with the Good Lovely's. Not obsessed, but she like loves them. She yeah. thinks they're, which is amazing. And to have that impression on a little girl. For to sure. To see that coming through. And I'm like, oh yeah, you do share that, that need. Cause I have. I need to go see shows. Like I don't, I love listening to music, but I want to see them live. And she's kind of getting that itch now. Like that's just starting to happen for her. So it's really neat to kind of see the progress and then to find out, you know, the good lovelies are playing at her house. Is, yeah. It's and I mean, pretty amazing. How amazing is it to be <laughs> a younger girl and watch yeah. three powerful amazing girls women. on stage, yeah. Yeah. own it and... Yeah. Just do what they do. I'm really, really glad that that was her first concert experience. Absolutely. She got to do it in her, her hometown. Yeah. She listened to like powerful women that were, you could like it shows in their music. Yep. Uh, and they were, they were great to her afterwards. Like they talked to her and were very, very kind. And uh, like, you don't get that experience when For you sure. go to the bigger shows, like, like at a big. It's, um, it's hard to, and I think yeah. that's been the strength of, uh, of the series is the intimacy as far as the audience goes, but it's also the strength of it for the artist because they get to connect yeah. with the, um, with the, the fans in a way that is so special, like watching Dan Mangan mm -hmm. walk into the middle of town hall, mm -hmm. unplug and stand on a chair and play to people and make everyone move in. Yeah. Take apart all of the formation of chairs and just move into a giant circle. Like, it's so powerful. Music is so powerful. Mm -hmm. And I can understand um, how lost people felt during this pandemic without that aspect of life. And I'm not sure if they even really understood that what 
they were missing until now when they're like, that's what it was. For sure. And I, I'm seeing it more and more as we're talking about these concerts coming up and um, the different people and how it's affecting them. Um, people coming into the brewery and saying, oh my gosh, this is happening again. And I'm, you know, they're just so ecstatic to see that these things are happening again and they can experience music again, which is, it's, it's, it is a huge thing for me. It was always sure. huge. Music's always been a huge part of my life. I can't play or sing anything, but I always loved to, Same. Yeah, yeah, to watch a performance. It's, it's the, one of the things in my life that I don't, if I think if I didn't have that experience, I would be not a happy person for sure. For sure. And I talk with uh, my, one of my previous podcasts, I talked to Leanne Cavanaugh, who's a very, very good friend of both of ours. Um, and she had said the reason that she does what she does or some of the reasons she does what she does, uh, like volunteering and such, is to see the joy in people's faces. Absolutely. And I think that you're very similar in this way. Yeah, I mean, for me, I, doing shows at the Black Dog actually started out just because there was always... Um, there was always There's so always many us of us going, hanging out drinking. Well, there, was, there was always so many of us going <laughs> Sorry, to, to London and KW for yeah. shows. Oh, well, for sure. Like, There's nothing around here. Even if it's just us, that's probably worth it. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? So it really actually started out of laziness, but <laughs> it turned into so much more. Yeah. And I think the funny thing is like also, you know, musicians as amazing as they are, I think if we've learned anything over this um, pandemic, it's just how strong your production crew is. Yeah, it's huge. When you can watch well-known marquee artists like Elton John butcher his own music without <laughs> the proper people in production because your crew is half of the Oh, for sure. Element. I it's it's just unbelievably And yet one. I don't think you see it unless you've Yeah. No, and like <laughs> proper proper sound, proper it's, it's everything. Yeah, which I didn't I don't know anything about that kind of stuff. And you know that. I tell you that all the time. I don't know. Sure, Pete, whatever. <laughs> but you, you see the people that like actually nailed and embraced the live streams. Yeah. And you saw the people that were just like, I remember watching Nora Jones and being like, who's letting her do this? Man? Yeah. It's not good. It's yeah. I, it's I mean, it's good. just, it's not, it's And not I love amazing. Nora Jones. Yeah, She's an amazing, amazing artist, but that's, that's, and I always want to, you're like, I always want to think of her as just amazing. Yeah. But she is you know amazing. What? The reality is, I think if you're an artist, it gives you confidence in the realness of and the rawness of um, someone's talent, right? Yeah. So it's like if you're a really great artist, you're not super known, that gives you the confidence that someone else is not amazing or on point right. every yeah. single minute yeah. of, and they can't of the day. It's, Absolutely. It's, it's not something that we should expect from anyone. I think so, yeah. Um, so now I'm going to go back to running. I'm going to go jump all over the place. Yeah. You've developed a clothing line. Yeah. This is like beyond exciting to me. It was based on the project that we did. So yeah. the, it's called Inherit the Earth. Yeah. Um, ITE apparel. And, you know, it was, it was the next natural step to just, um, like if you're a runner, you're constantly in search of the perfect pair of running shorts. Yeah. Like yeah. I am. I didn't so realize that was a thing. It's, it's such a thing. Absolutely. I hear like it from I, everybody now. <laughs> I have more running shorts that I'll never wear again yeah. than I do ones that I, I, I think we've created some amazing running shorts. Yeah. And I've heard all good things. They've been well received by yeah. runners that I really respect. Yeah. So, and I mean, we live in the hub of runners per capita. Absolutely. Yeah. The, I think I forget the number, but. I, it was two years ago. There was like 
eight people that qualified for Boston in Godrich. That's, just in Godrich. That's insane. Yeah, that's it's nuts. And I wonder why. Like, is it just is it the breeding here? Like, it's, I don't. You it's know what? The water. Yeah. I, I, there's just so many amazing places to run. Like the guard is amazing. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And I mean, there's it's a it's a fairly safe area for sure. Like to run. Like there's not there's not really any um, well as a woman anyway. I, I could run anywhere, and I'm not like for panicked sure. about where I'm going or what's happening or. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, to be connected with the G to G. Yeah. Is that what an amazing feat that is. It's crazy. It's intense. Um, so what, why Inherit the Earth? What's the name? Well, the I just, name from? it's funny because we're, we're talking about um, in times of need, especially in the beginning of the pandemic, like everybody and their brother was baking bread and planting a garden. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like that was my that was like, like I want to bake bread, but I don't have time. That's a, yeah. it's it's just it, it just blew my mind that you know in times of distress and need we still turn back to the earth yeah. to sort of take. But yeah. you know the project that I was doing was like it's funny that we think that way, but we can carelessly toss things out. So it just reminded me of like a parent to a teenager mm -hmm. where it's just you're just taking a bashing for yeah. you know yeah. that duration no, no, of yeah. teen being a teen but that's what the earth's like it's just it's constantly under attack yeah so i mean the idea behind the the name is just you know giving your children something to inherit right yeah absolutely and maintaining that's cool i didn't know that that's really neat i'm really sure. i so i i did watch for the f fifth time today the commercial that you did for for the clothing brand with you in it yeah oh my gosh it's every time i watch it i'm like ah, like it's such a you know my our friend uh, jeff from jeff wood from uh, little big creative out of mm -hmm. stratford he approached me and they documented our run um myself and lee coates of dark horse endurance um we ran from guelph to godrich yeah i remember um, when you did that and you know, we ran through the night and they documented the entire thing. Mm -hmm. um, we've we've still yet to get together to um, do all of the um, the speaking bits for the documentary, but hopefully we'll tie that up soon. But he approached me and was just like, hey, let's I've got this idea. Um, I want to get into doing these small little um, sort of uh sizzlers and um i was like yeah cool let's let's give it a go yeah. but i was blown away with what he came up with i mean they're they're unbelievably talented guys it's, yeah it's a really cool it's just it it is a breath of fresh air like watching it you're like oh yeah that's for cool. sure it's inspiring it's which is probably where you meant to go with it well you know what i had there was we it's it's bizarre because seeing the final piece it was so pieced together um, I really had no idea really what his direction was. Like I, I had a general vibe, like we had watched some of the um, Solomon and yep. some some biking ones. So I, I checked those out and I was like, yeah, that that's pretty cool. But they're all like sort of quasi inspiring. You know what I mean? They're just like <laughs> made to get like, you, want to get you out of your chair. And really, it's more rolling. like the scenery in the background. It's more stunning. than anything else. Yeah. For me, it was anyway. I was like, oh, guaranteed. No, that's a great I mean, show. and that's the other thing. Like we, 
you know, rolling out on that project, I was, I was in places in Huron County that were a, an hour away. Yeah. Huron County is massive. Yeah. Like yeah. it's not something that I ever really thought about in, in those terms, but I was driving an hour to go run for seven, six or seven hours and then another drive yeah. an hour back. Right. Yeah. So it was like, it was intense. Yeah. Um, that way, but running for six or seven hours is intense in, I was in, in itself. <laughs> I was in the middle of nowhere and these beautiful, um, Amish sort of Mennonite areas. Yep. And I was, you know, the weird thing is I was listening to like crime junkie podcast <laughs> yes. and I was like, you know, it's so beautiful. And then I just kind of look around and I'm like, if anyone made yeah. me disappear here, no one would ever, <laughs> no one would ever know. No one would ever know. No, man. I know. You, that's maybe not the thing you listen to as yeah, you're in the middle I, of nowhere. I, that's, I slowed my roll yeah. after that, but yeah, that's not, it was, uh, it, but it, it, it's breathtaking. Like there are so many areas, um, in Huron County, like I said, that I'd never been to before, but were just stunning. So I've, I, I took probably three to four pictures a day on I that yeah, track. So absolutely. I, I, I want to put together an album and, um, my, my friend Redan, um, he wants to put together like an album of photos and Absolutely. put it out there. Yeah. So I think that'd be great. It needs to go in a book for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like a coffee table book. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, that'd be awesome. Um, so the clothing line's doing well. Absolutely. You're loving yeah. it. Yeah. I keep seeing new stuff coming out. So these shirts. Yeah. These absolutely. are new. They're yeah. not even online yet. I know. See it. Ha ha. I love it. And they're really comfortable and they're amazing. Um, the hats are awesome. I see them everywhere. Like everywhere I go, I see your stuff. Yeah. Everywhere. I'm, I see it like all the time. I'll be at the brewery and I'll be like, there's another one of Pete's shirts. Oh, look, there's another one of Pete's hats. Well, look at that. And there's- I think <laughs> there's such a strong running community that, um, that it was just like, even if it was niche here, yeah. it's big enough here that it, yeah. it, it looks successful when you see it around, it's, but it's successful. It's successful. You're you know, doing we've, good. we've had a lot of, uh, a lot of wins and it's, it's such a, a learning curve on, um, jumping into, you know, something that's sort of uncharted territory for me, but we've had a lot of people, um, in the know that have propped us up and really helped us along the way. And that's, that's made things a lot easier. And that's what it's all about really is having those those right people that are are willing to help out and make it all happen. Kind of like how you do with us. We wouldn't be doing what we're doing right now if it wasn't. Well, that's, it's a good partnership. That's for sure. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. And I do have a lot of, I, you know, it's like, I always say there's certain people that you meet in your life that, um, they, they kind of change things for you slightly or alter your opinion on things or move you in a different direction. And you've definitely done that for me. Um, I appreciate just a, a lot of respect and um, you're very inspiring to me. So I just want you to know that I know I'm going to cry. I know, I'm, I, we're both going to get emotional here. Yeah. Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to thank you so much for joining me today. I Thanks really so appreciate everything that you're doing. If you want to know more about, um, Pete and uh, your clothing line. You can see it on Inherit the Earth online, right? Yeah. Um, also, there's a number of things you can look at. You can see um, uh, what you did with the run, uh, the, the county run that you did. There's a number of articles on that. There's a lot of information of you online, just so you know. Not that I was stalking you or anything. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to make sure I had all my facts straight. For sure. Because, you know, I get half stories all the time. But thank you very much for joining me. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much. Anytime. Tune in again, guys, uh, probably in the next couple weeks for a new podcast. Cheers.